My name is Gunnar Woodson, and I play in a local Austin band called The Big Gun Show. I created this podcast to sit down with other songwriters, musicians, artists, lovers of music to talk about their top five records that have inspired their lives and musical prowess. Today's guest, Weldon Henson. I believe that he has the best honky-tonk voice in Austin, hands down. He plays all the honky-tonks, he plays uh, Broken Spoke all the time. Hear him talk about his top five records, you can definitely hear where his influences are. Uh, you know, I think his vocal is kind of like a, I didn't say this on the podcast, but it's kind of, I hear it as like Ray Benson meets Merle Haggard. Uh, so super cool vocal when you listen to him sing. Um, I said this last time before the, before the last podcast, I'm implementing now quizzes for the podcastees. Every moving forward, every podcastee is going to have to answer questions about their top five records. And if you're digging what we're laying down, please, please go over to iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is, and give my top five records pretty much, uh, just give us a five star if you don't mind. You can hear us anywhere, Spotify, Stitch, all those other places. But uh, the, the one over to iTunes or, or Apple, that's where it really counts. Uh, link is in the notes, and let's get to the conversation. But first, close your eyes. You're at the furthest place out there. What five records do you have? All right, we've got Weldon Henson here today, and I'm excited to talk about your top five records. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, it's, it's a cool concept, and this is typically what everybody runs into this issue of, of having to pick just five out records. So your five records are Chris Wall's Cowboy Nation, incredible, uh, Lucas Hudgens' The World Left is Mine, Hank Jr.'s Greatest Hits, Volume 1, Waylon Jennings' Honky Tonk Heroes, and Dwight Yoakam's Guitars Cadillacs. That is where I, that is what I arrived on. Yes, that's okay. Uh, that was good. It was very difficult. Now, here's my question: Where are you taking them? I'm taking them the furthest place away from anybody else that I can get, <laughs> and listen to them for the rest <laughs> of your life. There you go, dude. The furthest place. Well, hey, let's start off with Chris Wall because um, I have a little story I can tell you about Chris Wall as well. But so, <laughs> so this, I mean, I I always know him for. Uh, trashy women, of yeah, course. yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. But uh, this album was uh, released in 1998, produced by Lloyd Maines, which is awesome. Uh, I heard a fact the other day that Lloyd Maines is the person that has been on Austin City Limits more than anybody. That would make sense. It does. I could, I could believe. That I was like 100%. Willie, and they're like, no, yeah, that doesn't have to be the front man. Oh, okay, Lloyd Maines. <laughs> anyway, well, you know, I know that uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard. He's one of my my heroes. Um, especially songwriting heroes and you know he's he described chris wall as chris wall is a cowboy savior hero poet who with his words and music gives redemption from the atrocities of this illusion that is pre presently known as country music so that's i can agree really cool with that quote. I, I agree with that 100 percent. so my story about chris wall then i want to hear about you um, my story about Ike Chris Wall is, uh, I think it was in 1993, maybe, no, not 93, 03, I think it is. The trophies were outside. Um, my friend Yates and I, we went out there to compete in a chili comp competition. It was the Mud Dauber Chili <coughs> yeah, Cook-Off, yeah. and it was also a honky-tonk kind of fest. So, like, uh, who was, uh, Dave Mead was, I mean, uh, what's his name? Any, anyway, but Chris Wall was there, and I walked up, and I was like, who's that? And then he started playing Trashy Woman, he was like, that's Chris Wall. So I went up and introduced myself to, and got to meet him. <clears throat> He's a cool dude. Uh, and big we, fan. I, I won that year. 
I saw that's what the yeah, guess. All your yeah. award out there, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but talk to me. Tell why this album for you. Uh first off, Chris Wall is is an excellent dude. Um, I kind of he's he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with that. You'll you'll probably hear me say that about a couple of the other guys too on this list, but one hundred percent you know, real cowboy and, uh, just a poet. And, um, this album to me is just different than, yeah. than anything you've heard. Absolutely. I mean, when I ran across this album, it was, uh, uh, Joe played this guy named Joe plays guitar in my band. And, uh, he, we were on the road a bunch when he joined and he said, man, I don't know if you'd like this CD or not, but like, man, right. this is like, so awesome. I don't know if you're going to like it, though. A lot of people don't like it sometimes when they first hear it. We put it in, and, and, and that CD stayed in my CD player for, I'm not joking, <laughs> six straight months, dude. And I'm talking about we're on the road. It's not like right. you're in the car every other day. I mean, you're you're three, four-hour drives twice a week, you know, three times a week. That CD was in there, did not come out for six months. Six months. Um, it is different than anything you've ever heard. I, I've, I still today have, cannot find an album like that. Uh, the songs are just powerful, man. Uh, yeah. I had no idea that he wrote um, I Feel Like Hank Williams Tonight. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> that's, I mean, that one is, that one is, you get, to, that. that's one of those songs. Uh, I'm glad you brought that one up that you listen to it and it gets going. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's a good song. And every second that goes by in that song, it gets better. Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. And by the end, you're like, man, I'm, I'm not like completely satisfied, but like, man, this, I want more. Yeah. But it's like, it's over and you just, and then you go back and listen to it again <laughs> and again and again. Uh, it's just, it's, and I know there's been a lot of people that have uh, covered that song. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how I know it. It's, I've heard so many people, people play it. Anyway, you know, so what else? T- tell me more about Chris Wall. You've got to meet him before. I <clears> yeah, absolutely. Chris, Chris would, uh, would come out a bunch and see me up at, at uh, the Broken Spoke course okay. and, uh, you know, I've got to hang out with him a, a few times and, and shoot the shit, and uh, uh, just a good dude all around, down to earth. You know, I'd run across him from, like I said, at the spoke out to Lukenbach and, mm-hmm. and back and forth, and all around the the, the kind of the staple little honky tonks, you know, yeah. around this area. And so, uh, just a cool dude. Uh, but this album, to me, I just sometimes I'll I'll forget about it, maybe for a little bit, and. And then I'll be flipping through my CDs because I still am that yeah, kind yeah. of a guy. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, I'll be like, oh, man. They're, okay, yes. Especially when I'm on a, on a road trip. Yeah. Or if I'm out back road, and that's one of my favorite things to do is just get in the Jeep or in the truck and go out wherever out, you know, Lano County or something and just hit the dirt roads. And um, it never fails. If you get a beer or two in, you, it's like, man, you just got to listen to Cowboy Nation. There you go. Cowboy Nation is it, and that and that's my favorite song on the album. And I and I've told my wife this before, and she doesn't believe me, but I do want that song played at my funeral. There I want go. Cowboy Nation played at my funeral. Okay. So that's that that lets you know how much I like that album, yeah. and that song in particular. <laughs> there you go. I just love the message of it. Uh, explain the message of it to me. Cowboy Nation is a song that talks about nothing else matters that besides what your passion is. And, oh, that's beautiful. And, and you cannot let anything drag you down. You can't let anything beat you up. You've got to keep going and, and live what you're 100% into, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a line in there that says, um, uh, uh, what does it say? 
dang it, I can't think now. We're on the spot. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I read that he I said. I signed on for the whole duration. Uh, I, you know, I, Something about not giving up. They'll drag me out when I'm gone or something like that. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, he said uh, at one point, uh, now he was from like Idaho, right? I think so. Yeah. Idaho. And he actually took like Corey Braun under his wing. That's right. Up there. And then I think he was the one that convinced them to move down to Texas and down to Austin. Absolutely. Um, but what he said was, I quote him when he says, um, Nashville don't like me, but I'd rather be a fence post in Texas than the king of the stage in That's Tennessee. Right. Absolutely. I just think that that gives me the chills when I say that. Because I love Nashville, but not not so much their, their country music. You know, his line was, when I signed on to this Cowboy Nation, I signed on for the whole duration. Uh, I, 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 just, I just really, really love that. Yeah. You know. So it's, yeah, it's a killer. Right on. Well, so yeah. Uh, I encourage everybody to go listen to that song. <clears throat> okay. It's inspiring. It's inspiring, he says. Um, okay, so let's talk about another record here. Now, this was uh, a kind of surprise for me because I know who Lucas Hudgens is. Yes. Um, he's a local Austinite. Interesting dude. Uh, I don't know him. Actually, I've got a story about him, too. Um, 2009, produced by Dave Biller. Yes. Um, <laughs> so and I love what what is it? Karen Biller, his wife, who plays drums yeah. with Rosie Flores. Um, I love those guys. Anyway, um, Lucas Hudgens, talk to me. I met Lucas when I about when I was first got to town. Ran six one six. You know, I did a few of those <laughs> gigs with him. Yes, <laughs> I did. Uh, and uh, you know that was back in the uh, Mean Eyed Cat days and stuff like yep. that. And uh, and I mean, he even hired me a few times to play lead guitar, and I'm no means a lead guitar player. I'm pretty sure he was low on his list of looking for guitar players on a couple of those gigs. But you know, met him uh, when I first got to town, and uh, we, you know, we would party a little bit here and there. You know, Lucas loves to stay out late and drink late at late, late, late. Well, as you can, aren't you supposed to when you're that kind of country music singer? <clears throat> I, I, this is another one of these guys. I mean, Lucas is the real deal. When you're when you're talking about stone cold you know country music in the small honky tonk with a dim light and um and and beer and whiskey and and of course you know you can't smoke anymore in the honky tonks but you could still just picture that old that old school honky tonk mentality and then there's lucas hudgens back there at the table talking loud you know yeah and uh, (laughs) i mean that's his atmosphere man and and when you hear and when you hear this album you it just it, it just it you it can put you right in that mindset, in that perfect place, and and you, it's there. It's I mean, it's it's an audio record, but it's it, it turns it into visualization for you, you know. And I think that's what great music does. But Luke's a great guy. Like I said, you know, I got to town, party with him a bunch, and him and uh, um, just all the people that were running around with him at the time. You know, we we'd party late and wherever it was. You know, there was plenty of cold beer and whiskey, and and lots of lots of uh, hoorahing and stories and. A little bit of raising hell. So hey man, there ain't nothing wrong with raising hell and Huron. I don't even know what fucking Huron is. Just being crazy, <laughs> I guess. Drinking more than you should. Uh Austin Chronicles Doug Friedman or Freeman said, um, is authentic <clears throat> as they come, dripping yes. with uh, regret with each beer and turn around the dance floor. Hudgens' voice is the main draw, deep and trembling and so smooth to effortlessly invoke uh icons such as Charlie Pride and Conway Twitty. Now, I think that's an awesome quote. 
Yeah. But I think there's a little bit of Merle Haggard and a lot of Waylon in there. A lot of Waylon. A lot of Waylon, yes. Uh, he's a huge fan of Waylon. I do know that. And uh, this record to me, <clears throat> and I don't know, you know, how far out this this interview goes but uh i don't know how much i should should give out but uh i have drank a lot of <laughs> beer to this album okay probably more than any other album well hey you know i get in trouble sometimes when i listen to this album matter of fact this is another one of those ones you know with the guys in the band like it just got to a point it's like we're not going to listen to that you know because weldon just drinks <laughs> a tremendous amount and it gets and things get crazy you know yeah uh I don't know what it is, man. It's I guess you know what it is. It's so damn authentic. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would it's totally so agree with that. It's so real. I, I mean, that's that, that's what he did was at six one six. You know, he was just always it was a country crooner that just I mean you could you could you could feel it in his voice. Yeah. What was that other little? There was another little honky tonk we used to go hang out all the time. It was down the street from the spoke there. God, I think it's like a Mexican restaurant or something now, but uh, I don't remember the name of it. This probably El, El Gallo. It was, it was Somewhere a, around there, it was around South Lamar and West Mary Street where it comes out there. Anyway, I can't remember. It was another one of those places that you could, more often than not, you could find Lucas at about uh, one thirty in the morning. The uh, what's it called? The, it's now the Golden Goose. It used to be called the Horseshoe Lounge. That's yes, it. yes, <laughs> yes, yes. If you were ever looking for the last place open on Monday or Tuesday night. You know, in that area, uh, you can I've stop had some in crazy there. times in the Golden Goose, <laughs> and you and I'd always run across Lucas, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well, you could catch him out back smoking a cigarette, man. Uh-huh. Awesome. So I um, met him when he played my friend Josh Duke his wet um, his wedding. Okay, he played the he was the band. He made it. Yeah, he did. And so, like, he let us like I used his guitar, and I uh, Josh wanted me to sing. Uh, uh, what is it? Um, uh, by the Cure, um, uh, love song. Okay. And so did it my own style with his brother. Yeah. And so we got to use their guitars and um, and sing the song. It was good. Uh, Doug Strahan was playing. Uh, was playing. I was going to mention Doug Strahan. Uh, you know that Doug used to play guitar for Lucas a bunch. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Doug was one of those cats we used to hang out with very very late. And, I'm sure. And drink and smoke <laughs> with you know and. Uh, he's an interesting guy. You should get him on the I, show. I know I should. He plays with that fucking that reverb suitcase or whatever. It's like a reverb box that he puts on top or beside his amp. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forget. He plays like a huge, like he might have changed now, but it used to be like a big Fender basement or something. I don't right, remember yeah, what it I was. I, he always, but he always played a Les Paul. Yeah, always a Les Paul. And it was so the the tone he would get. And I know we're off subject now. It's fine. But, uh, it's fine. I, I love Doug Strahan's guitar playing. It's I another one of I those guys that you can't find anybody else that plays like him, and he should be he should be widely more popular than yeah, he is. Uh, I agree. <laughs> you know, maybe, I, I don't know. That was another. That was I was going to bring him up earlier. We we used to party with him and and Lucas um, late late into the night. Doug used to have this little house over in South Side of Town, and uh, I mean I think he sold it ten years ago, but. Uh, that house was always full of people drinking and smoking till five or six in the morning, <laughs> listening to records, man, just, love just it. digging in on stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, of course I love records. I just went over here. I don't know if you see it. The one with Willie right there. I have seen that. Christopherson. Yeah. Nine Chris songs. That man, that that's, I don't, I, I haven't heard that one. Uh, it's phenomenal. I'm going to have to dig on that one. 
yeah we can listen to it after this if you want anyway yeah. so yeah no i think uh, i think this this is a good story you know i mean uh, i love the fact that you know both these guys you, you've, you've had an opportunity to hang out with yeah you know yeah and uh, i know i don't know how many people come in here and do these and 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 have like local guys on their list of top five but uh, not not very many but uh you know i i don't take you know a lot of times i, I really try not to look at the popularity of an artist to to to, to consider them into something yeah. like this the, you know, between you know, Cowboy Nation and 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 uh, the world left is mine is you know it's. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's I, it's it, it's two staples, yeah. That I ha- I just have to listen to it, and they and they strike a chord in me, and it's it's it's. That's the whole reason that we're talking about this. It can turn me crazy. <laughs> well, it's been crazy. Some people say it's a good crazy. Some people say it might go overboard, but. Uh, I'd like to see the crazy Weldon Henson. That's well, I don't do it too much anymore. I really don't, man. I I got to where I can't, you know. In the old days, you know, you drink, you know, an eighteen pack of beer or something, twenty beers or something, you know, and you could maybe just be tired the next day. Now, you know, you drink a six pack nowadays, and the kids are up at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> no more crazy days, man. I, I did you it. speaking of that record? Did you ever listen to that song, uh, "Outside of Train and Inside It's Porn"? Uh. Uh-uh. It was written by Timmy Campbell. Really? Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. It's it is a tear jerking. Is it? Was it on this album? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I heard it then. I listened to. It. I listened to all of these. Oh, dude, it's it's. I'll it's go back and straight listen up. To it. And when you listen to it, you'll go, oh yeah, ah. I could totally see. Yeah. Little Timmy. Yeah. Playing this even, you know. <laughs> yeah. What about uh? Like I just love the vibrato in his voice too. Mm-hmm. You know, Lucas is a, is a phenomenal singer. Uh, especially when he's on, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he can. He I can, mean, he's he can really stop he, an audience and 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 make them listen. Uh, he it, it can he can be captivating, you know, when he when he's yeah on on his game on his game. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Dwight Yoakam. Now, this I haven't listened to this album in forever, so thank you for picking it because this is this is one of the joys of, of me doing this podcast yeah, is that yeah. I get to go get and to listen go. Mm-hmm. and I get some insight into you and, and why you picked the albums um, so Guitars and Cadillacs what a freaking killer album at 1986 <clears throat> it was his debut kinda in the sense that there was an EP before yeah there was a, on. Uh, the EP I think it was this five or six song wasn't it uh, I think it was I don't, I'm not sure and then they went and uh, signed with uh, was it Electra? No, not Electra, uh, Reprise. Okay, I don't. I think. I'm not. Rem- I'm not sure I think about so. that. Yeah, I do know that this was the first of three consecutive top albums. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was like this one, and then Hillbilly Deluxe. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I think the third one was Buenas Noches from a Lonely Room. Okay, so we're gonna have a little quiz. I've got one question on this. Man, quiz. I'm off my game. You know, this is gonna be good. It's gonna I've been be, out it's of the be game. Fun. All right. <laughs> it's it, it's gonna be great. All right, so. I love these little sound pad effects I got. Um, producer Pete Anderson, yes, who plays with him and does everything. Produced all the records up till I think it was two thousand one or, or two or three. I can't remember. He right. did all his records. So all the stuff that was popular, you know, that was yeah. all Pete Anderson, right? You know, guitar player. I met him about a year ago. Really? Yeah. Cool. He tours around randomly, just as Pete Anderson, you know. Yeah. And he's still a badass. I, I'm sure he is. How yeah. old is he now? I don't know, probably 60, 65, okay. something like that. Anyway, I know that um, Dwight was from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, Buck, Owens, and Merle, huge influences on him. Absolutely. Uh, are you a fan of Buck Owens? Yeah. 
Yeah. Have you read his autobiography? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. Then uh, you'll be getting something in the mail here soon. <laughs> it, is, it is freaking awesome. It I know, is, it's interesting. It's in, it, well, it's like it, it's, he's talking to you. It's it literally it's, wow. it sounds like Buck Owens is talking to you when you're reading it. It's really cool. Um, that uh, the Merle Haggard autobiography and the Whalen autobiography are really good. I did read the Whalen one. Yeah. I haven't read the Merle. Now Merle's my favorite, but uh, uh, I need to probably read his. You should. Yeah, you should. Um, the Buck Owens is it was the first like autobiography music one I read, and I was like, oh wow. The uh, hard handle the uh, Black Crows drummer Steve Moore again, I think is his name. Uh, he basically gives his take of, of what happened in the Black Crows. It's, it's pretty good. Hmm. And if you go buy the book, I mean, the Audible book of it, it's him reading it. And he's got this, like, radio voice. He's got a voice kind of like you. Oh, really? It's, it's like a very powerful, like, sports radio I need to voice. get the audio book. I like audio books. I, I, I love reading them. I love having them. I read house. books all the time. That's usually what I do before I go to bed. But I also like to, when I'm on the road, to listen. Yeah, 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 for sure. I listen to a ton of podcasts. But so you yeah, know, that's where I learned a lot about Buck was uh, that uh, was it Cocaine and Rhinestones podcast. Ah, oh, fucking love. They had that the one podcast. on Don Rich. Yeah, and and Buck. There was two Buck, parts. Yeah, two. I listened to that. It was yeah. amazing. Uh, I, I just stuff I did never know about. I, they, Tyler Mahan Cole. I love the way he would say. At least this is a story. At least as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, yeah. And so he gave us opinion, but <laughs> then he had all these facts and everything, and he. Yeah. It, it, it was really very well done, and I'm surprised he stopped. Yeah, I don't know. You never know. But, I mean, he did three episodes on Harper Valley PTA. Yeah. Well, I mean... There's a lot more into these things than people realize. I know. I think about all the work that he had to do to do that. Anyway, um, another thing I loved about this is that, you know, he uh, moved to Nashville and he moved to L.A. Um, he wanted to bring the word hillbilly music back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was also, when he was out in the L.A. area... He was playing with bands like The Blasters, the Blasters X, yeah. Los Lobos. And so he was kind of niching himself into being this kind of hillbilly rocker, right? I think I think that the the term at the time in L.A. was like cowpunk. Was it, was it? I think so. It was one of the... Like, so I, I do know that the, the EP was a six-track EP. Okay. I, I wrote that down. And that's when he got signed to Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, all right. Man, I'm wrong. I don't like a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I always advise people don't listen to me too much. Yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm full of false <laughs> false facts. No, uh, I was always a huge fan of Dwight uh, because just an extremely talented person um, that decided, you know, I am gonna do do it my way. Yeah, he totally did. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not gonna conform in Nashville. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to shine this up a little bit and make it cookie cutter so that it can go through the industry. You know, if they don't want me here, they don't want me here. And, and I think that's when he had ran into to, to, to Pete and they were just both kind of like, we're, we're going out to LA and we're going to do it our way. And then, you know, that's tough. That's tough to do. Yep. You yeah. Know, no uh, doubt. And to stick to your guns the whole way and just, you know, you know, no, I, I believe in what I, I'm writing. I believe in what I'm doing uh, and to make it happen. And, and, and then, you know, like he had this EP and then he gets signed and, Guitars Cadillacs comes out and it's just a huge hit. Hit, huge, massive. It's a huge hit. You know, Waylon, I think, was it Waylon that said, it might have been Waylon that said something like, I wish every artist in Nashville was allowed one record to do it their way. Huh. Just one. And if it doesn't work, then you stay in the mold of just doing your little cookie cutter Nashville thing. But if it works, 
let, let me, that run, let it yeah. run. And and I thought that was pretty cool to hear Waylon say that. And this is an example of let Dwight do Dwight. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he stuck to his guns until he could get his product out there in front of everybody to the world. It comes out and it's gangbusters. Yeah. And imagine if he would have gave in a little bit, you know, oh, I'm going to stick around Nashville and it's kind of. We would have never had this. We've never had this. Such a killer career. I mean, I always think of like Chris Christopherson and this thing. You know, he's been an actor. He's a fucking great actor. I love his acting. It's always he always plays like a crazy dude. Yeah. Did you ever see that? Like, I think it was an Australian series, and they brought it to to the U.S. called Wilford. No, I haven't seen that. When basically Elijah Wood, Frodo, he was Frodo, right? Yeah. Uh, he basically has this imaginary <clears throat> dog friend that they talk to all the time. So he's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. And it, it, it's fucking funny. I don't know where you'd find it right now, but I used to be on Netflix. I gotta find it. it it's great. But he was in like Sling Blade uh, and plays, I, King of the Hill. You know <laughs> That character he plays on Sling Blade is... Uh... Pretty phenomenal. And he plays like kind of like a loser musician yeah. guy too. It's so, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Of course, he there was another movie, something about Panic Room or something. He was in that he plays. There's a whole crazy list of guy. And of course, you know, he, he made his own movie. I did not know this. It's called South of Heaven, West of Hell. Well, that sounds like something I need to be watching. Huh? You know what? It's very dry and it's long, but it's re- it's actually really good. Okay. If you're someone that knows how to just relax, turn the lights down low, watch a movie, you know, it's got good picture. Uh, it's got Vince Vaughn uh-huh. uh, in it. I, I think Billy Bob Thornton's in it, too. He's yeah. friends with all them guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't watched it in about 10 years. But uh, uh, what's what's her name? Dang it. I think Jane Fonda's uh, daughter is in it. I can't remember her name, but I think he dated her for a little bit. Her, that, you know, her daughter, but... And it had some A-list celebs in it, man. Uh, it was pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good movie. It just what was it called again? It's called South of Heaven, West of Hell, and um, I think it came out in two thousand one. Okay, <clears throat> it's a pretty good movie. Um, it's like kind of like it was set in about nineteen hundred, nineteen oh one. Oh, okay, out cool. In New Mexico or something like that. Uh, so uh, you know, and 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 Dwight does a phenomenal job. I, and I don't know why the movie wasn't more successful. Successful. I think there was some kind of a problem with the with the production company and and something about releasing it, and, and it just never got released properly. I think it was okay. one of those deals. You know how shit can go just yeah. downhill okay. quick in this business. But uh, he actually put in a, a, a soundtrack out to that album too. That's just I need to check it out. Um, and he does like a cover of uh, ZZ Top. I'm bad. I'm nationwide. Oh, that's, my, that's my favorite ZZ song. And Dwight. Does it does it very good justice? You know, it's scary to to cover popular songs. Yeah, it's very scary. It, 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 Purple Rain too. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did, uh, and he did a good job. I agree. Uh, that's one thing I think. Dwight, he's a phenomenal songwriter, but he also when he covers something, it will be different and it will be good. Yeah, for sure. That's I mean, whenever my band covers, I mean, I play in this band, the Big Gun Show, yeah. and we're a rock and roll band, but we've been playing Jenny's for so long that we ha- I've you still call it Jenny's. Yeah, I do too. I, I did. <laughs> it's, My it's wife Jenny's. does too. Yeah, I mean, I've been going there for so long. Um, but, you know, Terry, and here's a funny story. Okay, so I went to Chicken Chip Bingo, and it was Keith Richards' birthday. Keith's my hero. It's pretty Notice much that. shaped my, shaped my, right behind me too. Mm-hmm. Um, shaped the way that I look at music uh, riff-wise, because that's the way I play guitar. Um, but I still have this all these honky-tonk. Songs. Anyway, long story longer. I uh, 
I went in there and I was supposed to meet my, meet my friends there first round of chicken shit bingo. I was like, well, it's, it's Keith's birthday. Mike Stinson was playing that day. And uh, I was sitting there with my ticket and number six, I st- still have it in a frame over there. Um, I was like, I just want, nobody was there to, to, to celebrate with me. <laughs> so, I like, All right. so I went over there and then I told Terry, I said, hey, listen, Terry, I'm not playing chicken shit bingo again until it's Keith's birthday again. <laughs> and so, and then I said, you know what else? Uh, I'm going to buy an entire round of tickets just so I can stay undefeated yeah, on yeah, your birthday. Yeah. Did you do it the next year? <laughs> well, it, it hadn't been because oh. it has to be on his birthday, which is the 18th okay, of December. For the right, right I think day. it's next year. Okay. Next year, the year after that. But I'm just going to go in and say, I'm buying. Take take a whole round of a certain color here's, ticket. <laughs> here's money for, yeah. know, for the entire red tickets. <clears throat> Keith Richards. Anyway. Steve what was, Earl. What was uh, what was what was Elvis's first guitar player's name? Scotty. Scotty. Uh, Luther Pick- Perkins. No, it was uh, the other guy, Scotty something. But uh, I can't remember. But they were interviewing Keith one time. I saw and they were like, they were like, I didn't want to be Elvis. I wanted to be Elvis's guitar player. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> I, I, I want to be the guitar player, man. That was the cool dude, Keith. <laughs> uh, anyway, Steve Earl said, I love this quote. Um, you know, they had Hillbilly Highway and Guitar Town. That's that's what we had in common. Uh, what we or said, what we had in common uh, is that we used the term hillbilly, which pissed George Jones off. He said that said one time that we spent all these years trying to not be called hillbillies, and Dwight Yoakam and Steve Earle fucked it up in one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, I could totally see that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Gosh, what an awesome record, man. I don't. It is great. When I put this record on, this is this is also something I I, I I was assuming you want people that you interviewed to take into consideration. These albums have to be first off something that you can put in and just leave it alone. Yeah. And let it play the whole thing. That's the art of the album. I miss that. I do too. I do too. That's why when I when I put when I put albums out, I, I actually I don't just start I mean, I always try to put songs that, that flow together. Uh-huh. And I'm one of those guys that still will I'll have an idea of the order of the songs before we even record them. You know yeah. what I mean? Now I might change one or two here or there, but I like that concept of, of, of hitting play on track one and it flows mm-hmm. and slows down and then fast and, you know, all the way to the end. And then you've got a great ending song that, you know, yep. makes people want more. And um, I'm a fan of that. And I, th- I think all these albums do it. I hope everyone that comes in here has that and takes that a lot into consideration. Of them, a lot of them do. You know, a lot, a lot of people do. This is my new album. It's called Honky Rock. First side is going to be repressing on vinyl. Look at that, man. First yeah. side is going to be Honky Tonk, flip it over, and it's full on rock and roll. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. It's 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 awesome. I can't wait to hear that. Um, I'll send you a little SoundCloud link in yeah. a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Okay, so quiz. Quiz time. You ready for this? Oh, let me drink some beer. Uh-huh. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. What song off Guitars Cadillacs was the very first country music video on MTV? Was it A, Guitars and Cadillacs, B, Honky Tonk Man, or was it C, Heartaches by the Number? Man, you know, I know all the... I've never seen Heartaches by the Number video, but I've seen the Guitars, Cadillacs, and Honky Tonk uh, Man video millions of, or hundreds of times, hundreds of times. I do know Honky Tonk Man was the first single release, so I'm guessing that would have to be that video, Honky Tonk Man. Very good. Very good, Weldon. <laughs> Congratulations. You passed the first question. What a cool quiz. video, man! Where he's like, he's in, the, he's at on Fremont Street down in Vegas, yeah. you know, and all the lights are gone. And it's just, I, you know, is there another video that just personifies what 
they're trying to go for? Uh, nah, I can't think of one. It's like him hanging out in Vegas, doing his moves. Yeah, he's playing poker or you know and stuff on the and they're throwing chips on the table. I mean, dude, it's like Dwight Yoakam. Yes, one hundred percent. And it's got him in the in. The, I think it's a sixty-two Cadillac. Something I don't like know. That. I don't remember exactly. It's a it's a coupe, two door, and he and it's wow, what a cool video, man! It makes you want to watch that video over and over and over and over again. I'm glad I won something today. Had <laughs> <clears throat> a cold beer. All right, let's let's move on. Um, okay, so I <clears throat> love Honky Tonk Heroes. Oh man, and that what. goes back to the whole, you know, Waylon said he got creative control, and he said yep. I want to do one album, and then there's the whole story of Billy Joe coming in there and saying, well, what was the story? The story was, uh, you know, uh, all but one song was written by Billy Joe. Well, that they co-wrote it. Uh, yeah, I believe. Well, I think I think one was just a cover. Just, just but because he you, a, he you co- asked me too. Yes, I believe. Hey, it. there's a there's a funny story behind that. Let's so hear yes, it. so Waylon and and Billy Joe wrote that together. They co-wrote it. And uh, when Elvis cut it, mm-hmm. and you look at the credit, it gives it just to Waylon. Oh, that's not cool. No, it wasn't cool. <laughs> but, you know, that's what those guys did to one another back then. You start looking at that whole uh, scene with Bobby Bear and Waylon and Mel Tillis and all those cats, man, that were writing songs and flipping yeah. songs and that. that. It, wasn't, it was not uncommon for those guys to pull a fast one on each other. You know, yeah, but yeah, that that no, that I don't think that's cool, but that did that is true. Uh, he he wrote co wrote with Billy and did not when he's when they uh had Elvis cut it when Elvis cut it, they they didn't give uh Billy Joe credit on it at all. But uh, I love it, that's a whole story in itself, you know, with him meeting Waylon and then uh and basically just kind of finally confronting Waylon about it and said, You said you were gonna, I have a quote right here, I where Billy Joe says, I called him in the studio at. Studio A at RCA, he came out of the control room with a couple of bikers, and I'd had enough. I said, hey, Waylon. He turned to me and said, I got these songs you claimed you were going to listen to, yeah. and if you, don't, if you don't, I'm going to whip your ass right here in front of everybody. And boy, whew, man. <laughs> I just didn't hear him saying that. Uh, everything got quiet, and all those old boys were standing, started forming around him. Waylon said, hey, Hoss, you don't know how close you came or how close you come <laughs> to getting killed. He said, you told me you was going to do this. Now I'm going to make you do it. And so he played him the songs, and he said, okay, play me one. If I don't like it, then you're yeah, going I think it was like, yeah, you'll play one. If I like it, you'll play then, another one. And, then and I think by like song seven is when he got to Honky Tonk Heroes, and I think that's when Waylon was like, all right, all right, we're, we're doing this. Yeah, it's such a great story. But, uh, yeah, so talk to me. Too. I mean, so I, I feel that, you know, this is one of the albums. This is right when he had, I believe, got signed to RCA, and they had given, much like Willie, creative control yeah, he to what creative he, control. To yeah, whatever he this wanted was, to do. This was, a lot of people say this is the um, the album that really started the Outlaw movement. I completely agree with you. Uh, this, is a, this is a monumental album. Agreed. Uh, for the whole industry mm-hmm. uh, that we get to take advantage of. Uh, even to this day, um, this album t- to me is, is obviously this is probably on a lot of people's list, but uh, uh, it's it's kind of it's special to me because when I was first learning uh, to play guitar and write write music and stuff, and I was a little bit later than most people. I was about nineteen twenty when that started for me. Me too. Uh, this album was one of those ones where, and this was back when people weren't you know, all into being an outlaw or this right. and that. It was just like, whatever, you know, there wasn't social media back in these parts. This was just a record I just went and bought because I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. It looks cool. 
I'm kind of like Waylon, you know. I wasn't didn't know a lot at the time, and and it, and I and I put it on, and it and it blew my mind. Yeah. And in those those uh, those years where I was just start, I'm, I'm just, yeah. just starting to, to even write a song, you know, uh-huh. this album, I listened to a thousand times. <laughs> I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, this I was hear you. so I, I would I would say this one's on the list because uh, not only is it great and monumental and and uh, just a staple in the whole industry, but it was. You know, it was uh, very inspiring for me. It was it was a an album that was very instrumental, yeah, in my development and my pursuit of country music. And it, it was one that was just ingrained in me, listened to over and over and over and over and over again. Once again, it's got them old cowboy songs that Waylon mm-hmm. called them of Billy Joe's. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's something about just being in in the middle of nowhere and Willie the Wandering Gypsy comes on. Yeah. You know, and you're like, man, that's good. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Three fingers whiskey. Yeah. Pleasures of drinking. Moving does more than the same thing for me. Man, it's like, wow. Anyway, but I know there's a lot of people out there listen to it, uh, know all about it, but uh, that's just one for me that's very instrumental and uh, influential. Yeah. Well, I mean. That's Bill- why it had to be on this list. Okay. Fair enough. Man, I... I let everybody pick their own albums. You choose why you pick yeah, them. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I picked mine for different reasons, too. I picked Wilco AM because I feel like that's what really spurred the alternative country music. Okay, you absolutely. Know? That's the album for me, you know, especially when you get on, like, Casino Queen on there. It's just like, yeah, it's so stonesy, wow. you know? That is cool. So, um, yeah, Harmony Kelly was saying, she goes, you know, she stopped right in the middle of the conversation. I was like, can I tell you something? I said, yeah, I'd love you. I, I want to tell you, I think I chose these albums the way I look at music. Um, you know, I don't, if you interview me about like my amps, and my sound, I, I just know how to play them with my finger. I just know how to get the song sound I want. I would just, yeah. these albums, they just, they sound right to me. Yeah. And so like, I was like, that's exactly, she's like, is, is that, is that what you want to hear? And I said, that's exactly what I want to hear, you know? And you're telling me the same things. So put, put them on track one, turn them on, don't turn them off, let them run and then yeah. let them repeat. Uh, so, yeah. Um, you know, I feel that there's a lot of people out there that are of the CD or the the stream gen- generation, where they can, <coughs> number one they can't listen to a full song. Well, the detention span's not there. I, I hear you, but um, you know, These, I, this is art, man. I agree. The whole uh, the whole record should be art, exactly. including the artwork. And that's why you get so much out of these albums. For me, these these yeah. ones we're talking mm-hmm. about. That's why I get so much out of them. Uh, I mean, why would you only want to go stream one song of it? You're cheating your own self, Hoss. I, I, there you go, Hoss. That's right. That's what Waylon would say. <laughs> uh, okay, so quiz question number two. Oh, man, I'm already 100% in yeah, on this. I get, here we go. Okay, number one. So the question is how many full fingers does Billy Joe – actually, here we're going to say, well, what hand did he have the accident with? It was his right hand. Correct. Okay, so now, how many full fingers does he have on his right hand? Is it A, four? Is it B, two? Or is it C, zero? Wait, he's got these two right here. Is that not it? He actually has, these are like cut off at the nub, and these are are like half fingers. Oh, those are the half fingers. They're not full fingers. This is the one, but he can grab the pick with them. Yeah. Yeah. What was his joke or something at one time? It was like Waylon or somebody said they'd buy him a hand, and I can't remember what his response was, but he had a Billy Joe response that was witty and quick. And uh, Anyway, I don't know. I hate to get people excited about hearing, a, hearing the... 
I've I've told this story before in the podcast uh, about Billy Joe. One time I was, this was probably 20, 25 years ago, and uh, I was tending bar up at Chewy's. That was my job. And then I got hired to go with my friend down to, uh, into Driftwood, some some highfalutin person had this, this dinner party or just like, you know, yeah. get together. And so I was tending bar there, and Billy Joe was playing. I didn't know who he was. And then... And then uh, Kinky Friedman played after him. His whole band, I think, was there. Oh, wow. And then afterwards, we were all kind of sitting around, and Billy Joe was just sitting there, and it was basically a bunch of girls and me, and he was just throwing CDs at us. And I was like, who is this fucking old fucker? <laughs> and I, I got in my car on the way home, and I threw in an electric shaver, and I've loved him ever since. Yeah, yeah. So, One of a kind. Yeah. I mean, and we just lost him, too. Honoring, I know. I mean, this year sucks. Yeah, it's a lot of lot of musicians have, 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 we've lost. I mean, uh, this, it's just... Good, like, actual really good ones, too. Like, the ones you hate to lose. Uh, yeah. All right. You know, <laughs> we're just... I, I, no, Willie, don't go this year, please. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Yeah. Anyway, so... God, you remember when they were talking about Billy Joe went had to go to court because he shot that boy? <laughs> yeah. And I forget something about the judge. They were... Willie had done called Billy's attorney and said, "Don't let Billy testify or something because you never know what he's going to say." Yeah, right <laughs> or something. They're like, "Well, we got to let him." And, or something about he didn't have you. You had the chance to turn and walk away, and and then I guess Billy, 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 uh, Joe said something like, "I'm not a chicken shit. I don't, I don't run," <laughs> or something like that <laughs> in the middle of the courtroom. <laughs> Somehow they got off, man, but. Uh, uh, Man, uh, so I wonder. Badass. I wonder if he just got really good at shooting with his left hand. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe you probably had to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know if he's right or left-handed. If he just picked up the guitar because he had that hand free to do the, the, the fingering. Anyway, okay. Yeah, great album. Um, okay, Hank Jr.'s Greatest Hits, Volume One. And I know I did. I did. First, I didn't want to put this one on there because it's not like an album, but I couldn't. But it's been such a part of my life and that's that's great because i know it's not like an actual album it's not so i hope i wasn't gonna get disqualified for that you're not getting disqualified you you told me you said dude i I wore this out i was like cool yeah 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 now i now i get to hear stories about it and then i've I've got some well these stories i can't tell them now well why not i'm I'm a good person what (laughs) come on come on um no but i mean hank jr come on Mm. i mean legacy i i saw hank three one time at stubbs and he did the first set, Honky Tonk, and then he came back out and did the next set, Punk. Heavy Metal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Punk, whatever it was. Yeah. Rowdy. Crazy. Yes. Anyway. Man, Hank Williams Jr. is... Uh, <clears throat> whatever people think about him, it's they're usually correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Hell, Raves, and Partier. Um, talented individual. Uh, entertainer. Yes, for sure. Uh, he's everything. Um, it's, it's so crazy. Uh, you know, usually you get a lot of these cats that, you know, are, are have famous dads or, yeah. or moms and, you know, there might be, some of them might be good, but this is like rare that you find someone who is just as good as their dad was. Well, now I read and I've, I'd never heard this before, but he, is he like an aficionado when it comes to like instruments? Can he play? He can anything? play pretty much anything. I mean, I don't know if he's like a you know like an expert on him, but he can play them all. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, like, he had I a mean, very interesting childhood. You know, he got to hang around with the best of the yeah. best. I mean, he you know he was 
he met you know his mom would throw parties you know when he was a kid and like you know older after you know hank was gone but, right and the best of the best of the time of of whatever genre of music would usually come to these parties and that's where he'd meet all sorts of people and he'd be inspired or influenced by them i mean the reason he picked up piano was because he, he he met jerry lee lewis right and he's like i, I want to i want to play piano now I, that's what i want to do and he you know taught himself piano or whatever and put that he, he incorporates that in the show he's, you know i don't know if he does like he used to but you know uh what a time it would have been to do like just be a fly on the wall at a hank williams jr concert in like i don't know atlanta georgia or somewhere in alabama in about 1980 right <laughs> you know what i mean yeah what, just back like, when there was you know not all the pc stuff and just craziness man it had to be flags. insane yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, I love every song on this album, and I especially love um, "A Country Boy Can't Survive." That was that's the song that when I was growing up, I yeah, knew yeah. like that's one of those ones you get requested requests for all the time. Yeah, you know, uh, we, man. We, I mean, it starts out, and you got family tradition. We play that one. You know, yeah, yeah, and uh, whiskey bent and hellbound. <sighs> Uh, old habit. We do that uh, one in the band, and people would go, oh, "Oh, wow, yeah, I forgot about that one." And you know, of course, uh, Kalijah, and uh, of course, I, it's not in front of me, y'all. I'm just naming the songs off. But uh, <laughs> "Country Boy Can't Survive" and uh, "Texas Wind." I mean, it makes you just want to drink a beer. Yeah, it does. You know, you know why? Why do you drink to get this, drunk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Gaston. This, you know, this album for me was just like it was like a, a, a soundtrack for partying. Yeah, you know what I mean. And dude, I'm sure you're driving around in your truck. It's late night. You're you're yeah. hanging out with your buds and you're drinking beer. And of course, you're just screaming the lyrics. This is probably not the album I'm listening to before I'm getting ready to write some songs. <laughs> this is, I mean, nine I times out of ten, I'm I'm listening to this album, and we're drinking. Yes, yeah, and we're partying. Um, and and and, it, and it's gonna. I, I, you know, this thing was uh, an album for me that this was one I was already listening to all the time and drinking before I even, before I even picked up a guitar and tried to write music before I was even thought I would be, I I, I didn't even have an idea I would be, you know, I I never thought I'd be a musician when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. No idea, man. I would never would have been able to guess that this is what I would do. I just wasn't a musician at the time and I didn't play or sing and. But I would listen to this album all the time. Matter of fact, I remember me and my buddy Trey like going to high school, just jamming this album at like six thirty in the morning, yeah. going down the road, man. Just where'd you grow up? Uh, North Houston, okay, around Humble, Humble Kingwood area. And, uh, this, and I, I, I tell you, too. this was back in the the '90s, so you know, CD, we everything was CDs. And I remember I probably bought this CD <laughs> ten times. You know what I mean? I do. I do. You go to parties and you put it in, and you'd forget to get it back, and 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 then you'd have like three or four CD holders in different places, and there would be that CD would be in each one, and yeah. then you'd lose it, and then you might get somebody else's copy because they forgot it somewhere, right. and, or you know, it's like next thing you know, there's just there's copies of this CD everywhere, and this this was one of those i had another yeah. one of those as well but it's not on my list but this was one of them yeah right. man, it's just everywhere well, listen I mean, to it all the time he's such, and, a, he's such an icon i mean he well, i forget what he got inducted in the country music hall of fame he's he's done so much all my yeah, naughty friends yeah. are coming over tonight saturday <clears throat> i mean with monday night football all, all that stuff but he's just like he's a legend you know and he's from legendary heritage yeah yeah and he's actually extremely talented and and um 
like I said, I think he's probably just as good as his daddy's daddy. As his daddy. Okay. I like the honesty of Hank Williams Jr., man. Yeah, I, I did too. I did too. You know, I, I think one thing that I, I respect about him <clears throat> is um, when he broke out of the mold of singing his daddy's music, and he had to basically tell everybody in the industry to go f themselves. He yeah. was gonna. He wanted yeah. to do it his way. He was mm-hmm. gonna be Bo Cephas. You know what I mean? He wasn't gonna be Hank Williams' little boy anymore. And he said, "I'm gonna do it my way." And you know what? And if it don't work, then I'm gonna keep doing whatever the hell I want to do. Yeah. And I'm gonna walk to that mailbox, and I'm gonna get that money from Daddy, <laughs> and I'm gonna live on it. But God dang it, I'm gonna at least try to do things my way first. Yeah, his his. The, the, a good old southern boy like that. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be out hunting and fishing, you know, and be happy as can be, you know, just doing that. That's right. Okay. Sounds fun. Quiz time. Uh-oh. You ready for this now? Because you wore this out, I felt like I could get a little bit more detail. I'm not going to ask you, hey, who played bass on uh, Family Tradition? I have no idea. <clears throat> right. Neither do I. That's not important. What is important is that you've listened to A Country Boy Can't Survive Ten thousand times. I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe twenty. Um, do 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 do. Future band says it's the end. All of right. Time. So here's here's what we're gonna do for three for three. I got, I got three questions for you. Oh shoot! And they're all about the lyrics of the song. All right. So I'm gonna give you a multiple choice question, and then we're gonna sing the line together. Do it. <laughs> for how many dollars did his friend lose his life? Was it A seventeen, B? 33 or C43. I thought it was for 40, $33. My friend lost his life. For 40, is it 33? They all sound the same. $23, $43. My friend lost his life. I know the line. I don't remember the exact <laughs> amount. So it's either 23, 33, or 43? Uh, I only gave you 33 and 43. Oh. Uh, $43. My friend lost his life. I don't know. It could be either 43. 43. I'll go with 43. There you go. Well, yeah. All right, now we get to sing it together. Yeah, yeah. For $43. My Maybe, f- I, I used to send him a picture of the bro- or he'd, and he, I'd killed send him by some a man with a switchblade knife. But he was killed by a man with, with a switchblade knife. For $43, my friend lost his life. <laughs> well, I'd love to spit some beach nut in that dude's eyes and shoot it with my old 45 because a country boy can survive. Well, okay. Yeah, Here's I the... need another beer now. Okay, all right, so I'm going to put it on pause for just a second here. Okay, so next question. This is, I think you're going to nail this one because it's a pretty much... I uh, might surprise you. Nope, you're going to get this one. What would Hank love to do to the man who killed his friend? Is it A, sock him right in the eye, B, slap him with his old forty-five, or spit some beech nut in his eye? That's right. I would love to spit some beech nut in that dude's eye. Got it. Nailed it. Okay, and then last but not least, where was his good friend from? Was it A, South Alabama, B, New York City, or C, Mississippi? New York City, man. All right, man, you nailed them. You nailed them. Hey, man, come on. I got a good friend <laughs> from New York City. Never, Never call me by, by my name, name, just hillbilly. Yeah, he used to send me pictures of the Broadway night. <laughs> man, I don't know. That song is like, a, it's like an anthem for so many people. I Agreed. love it. I love I it. Mean, the, the, I mean, granted, you know, it's not an album. It's not like a... Yeah, I know. It's, it's a compilation, but still, the songs are so killer. They're it so well good. Be an album. It, you know, you really wish he would have made this album as an album. Yeah, I mean, ours is going to be pretty cool because, you know, I've got these cool honky-tonk. I've got um, 
um, Bucka Allen playing keys on it. You know him? Nope. Terry nope. Terry Allen's son. Oh wow! I didn't know. I didn't, I know Terry Allen, but yeah, the, his son is a phenomenal yeah, keyboard player, wow. and he plays a lot of the rock. He's really good with the organ. Okay. Yeah, so he he played a lot of, and he did an accordion on one song. Oh, and, cool. Uh, I don't think he played any piano, but he was basically. I think it was like uh, Wurlitzer and B three and accordion. I think, but who knows? Anyway, so uh, what else you want to say about Hank Jr. here? <clears throat> hmm, let's see here. Bo Cephas, Entertainer of the Year, more than anybody else, I think. Don't quote me on that, but um, just uh, it's been a lot, a lot of beer drank, a lot of beer drunk, drunk to uh, Bo Cephas. Yeah, in particular this this compilation album. Yes, I mean I, I know that I listened to the hell out of it. I listened. To, I remember listening to the hell out of GNR's Appetite for Destruction too. You know what? Remember I told you there's another album that was like this yeah. one as far as bought it, and I want to mention it. That was that. that was, was it. it. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Harmony Kelly chose that one in her quiz questions. That was I maybe was going to put that on the list, but it it's just, it's been chosen at least twice. That's another one of those ones, and I know we're talking about the five that I chose, but that's another one that I probably owned ten copies of it on CD. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so my quiz question to her for that, I just started doing quizzes just recently. Okay. Just, and I'm not trying to stump them, everybody, but yeah. I, you know, if, if you wore that out mountains on your top five, you better, you better know what the cover looks like. Right. Yeah. It's, and they had the, the cross with the heads, you know? Yeah. But then if you open it up. Right. But all I'm saying is, is that they that, wouldn't those allow my, that nowadays. Th- those were my quiz questions was like, okay, who's on the top? Who's on the bottom? I don't remember that. But. Well, she, she, she got them. She got the vertical ones, right? Okay. But she didn't get she didn't get Duff and Steve Adler. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. On the sides, anyway. Well, so okay. Well, then tell me, tell everybody out there where they can find you online, uh, consistent gigs, all that good stuff. WeldonHinson dot com. That's well, my website. Facebook. Uh, Weldon Henson Music. Same and, with Instagram. Uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter is Weldon Henson. Okay. I just got on Parlor too, uh, but uh, did that yesterday, but. Uh, yeah, you know, or you can just Google my name. It'll pop up with stuff. And uh, we're not exactly playing a bunch of places like we used to. So Well, I mean, there's, a lot of places aren't there, open. there's this thing called COVID <laughs> that's really sucking my ass right now. Yeah, it really is, man. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just put out a new album. Uh, I did not know ago. that. So, yeah, it's a gospel album. It's a gospel album. After really? all we talked about. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just well, dude, you've got the vocal album. for it. So I grew up uh, in, a, in a very... Uh, gospely family really that's all my family uh played and sang was was gospel music so i wanted to do something that was kind of back to my roots and uh, something that was inspiring and something that would maybe help some people this year so uh yeah put out a album called songs for the soul and it's nice. a 12 track album of uh gospel music covers or um all, yeah, all covers except for like one was a poem that my buddy, cowboy poet friend of mine out in Lano wrote, and I put the music to. Nice. And then another song was one that my, my great-grandmother and great-uncle wrote. And cool. And uh, I, I kind of did it my own way. I didn't change it right. too much. Nice. Uh, so I had a bunch of uncles that would tour and sing in like okay. trios and quartets. Gospel in the blood, quartets. huh? Yeah, back in the 60s and 70s and stuff. And uh, uh, So yeah, that that's my newest project. I just put out a month ago. Nice. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. What was it called again? Songs, Songs for the Soul. Songs for the Soul. Yeah. Uh, and what else? What, where is your most, most um, consistent gig? 
<clears throat> well, you know, was, you know, we've been playing every Tuesday night at the Broken Spoke for 10 years. Matter of fact, right before COVID hit, you know, we just celebrated 10 years of, of Two Stepping Tuesdays at the Spoke. Nice. Of course, you know, we ain't played much at all lately, but uh, that was kind of where we played the most. And, of course, I've always played for a long time now, first Sunday of the month over at Jenny's. Jenny's, yeah, for, for Chicken Shed. Yeah, yeah. Um, been, matter of fact, I still go down there and do that with them over there, even though it's not open. Just do like a live stream for them. Yeah, yeah. Try to help them out a little bit. I've done quite a few live streams for them. Just trying to help them out. You know? I just, yeah. We actually did one there in the bar. Um, I guess it was a month or so ago. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. And uh, of course, I've been playing Lukenbach for about 12 years, about once a month. Right. So, still try to do those. They're, they've been pretty much open still, but I uh, really enjoy those gigs. And other than that, just dance halls here and there, and uh, lots of live streams this year. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing those. I did a little. Which were weird as hell at first. Yeah, but I'm used to them now. I've been doing them since you know March. But uh, I did. I started this so everybody was doing their live streams, saying, "Yeah, Timmy, blah blah blah, all that stuff." And I was like, you know, everybody's trying to be real serious about this. I'm gonna bring a little humor to it. Yeah. And so we did the Big Gun Facebook Live show. I did it on Zoom, and I would ask my friends to come up with a character and dress up and I would like interview them. Okay. And so they had this like whole sort of this country Joey's a bait fisherman, you know. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so we started music, but the sound quality sucked going through Zoom, so we stopped doing that. Zoom's horrible. It's terrible when it comes to audio. I won't do Zoom stuff. People ask me if they want me to come do so, I won't do it on Zoom. It, it doesn't make any Skype sense. Skype or Facebook Live or Well, or well like I would do it, do it via Zoom and it would it would feed it to Facebook Live. Okay. That's how it worked, but nonetheless, it was just kind of like Wayne's World meets, yeah, 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 Fox News or whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. And then I would have like, at times, like I'd have one guy dress up as Country Joe, and then have somebody else in here, uh, in, in between the Country Joe would come back as Slick Rick. Yeah, yeah same yeah, guy, yeah, different yeah, character. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Well, you got to keep it interesting, man. Oh yeah, and it was like chasing cats, uh, herding cats to to make it happen. Well, People we're all going crazy. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, uh, anything else you want to say to our, our, our fancy listeners out there? Well, uh, thank them for listening. Hopefully they learned something or two on this. Yeah, that, I, uh, I learned something. Uh, hopefully they, uh, if they haven't listened to these albums before, maybe they'll go out and give them a, a, a shot, especially Chris Wall and Lucas. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely those two, because those are, those are not really super well-known albums. Yeah, you know? and, and, it, and I think it would be quite a treat for anybody listening to go to get those a, a spin or two. I... I, I agree. Go get them on vinyl if you can. Not sure if you can, but uh, that uh, man, that'd be great. But uh, that'd be something. Yeah, I would love to hear Lucas Hudgens' music. I don't know. I, I don't know if he ever did that. Probably, vinyl. probably not. Probably not. Uh, you can stream it though. Yeah, Are you if you can find a, a copy of the CD too. You know, that's always a big help to us artists to buy it on CD. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with that. All right, well, Weldon, thank you so much for coming out on this oh, uh, beautiful pleasure, afternoon. Man. Yeah. And uh, I guess uh, let's look forward to 2021 because I'm ready to be done with 2020. Yeah, we're going to have to, I guess. So. Yeah. All right, peace. Thank you. That was a blast. Um, so you can find old uh, Weldon on the good old interweb at uh, Weldon Henson. Dot com. You're going to spell that W-E-L-D-O-N-H-E-N-S-O-N. All right? Uh, and then you've got Facebook.com. That's Weldon Henson Music. And then it's Weldon Henson again for Instagram and Twitter. 
If you got the gumption, head on over to TheBigGunShow.com and check out what my band is up to these days. Uh, we've got a new fresh look to the website, but you can also catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all with the same handle of The Big Gun Show Band. That's the on the beginning, band on the end. And when COVID leaves us alone, you can catch us at our monthly residency at the Little Longhorn Saloon here in Austin, Texas, home of Chicken Shit Bingo. We play the happy hour of the first Friday of every month. Bring Grandma. She'll have a blast. And I'll be back in two weeks, and then every other week after that, and I'll close your eyes. You're at that furthest place out there. What five records do you have? Till next time. <laughs>